podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, what I'm looking forward to. Episode 17 of Season 3, Big Time Football Podcast this week as we look ahead to semifinal Saturday for two Sagamo football teams and one Central State 8 team. Moreau Forsyth is headed to Wilmington on Saturday. The Trojans are 12-0, and I saw them play a pretty dominant game against Bloomington Central Catholic, who had a solid defense and a very good quarterback. What did I see last week? Well, on Friday, Lincoln Volleyball gets it done in the semifinal, as does Hartsburg-Emden. How cool to see two teams from Logan County playing for a state title. Hartsburg comes up just short on Saturday morning, and Lincoln loses by two points in the third set in the state title game on Saturday night against Wheaton-St. Francis. Incredible game between two very good teams. Lincoln comes up just short, but a runner-up finish in 3A, very impressive. Like I said earlier, I saw Morel Forsyth punch their ticket to another semifinal. What Josh Jostis has built there is remarkable. On Monday, I caught the first practice for the Lincoln Rail Splitters girls basketball team as they begin their quest for the state title after finishing second in the state last year. The only game they lost last year was to Nazareth in the state title game. Also Monday night, I caught some college basketball as Illinois College beat Blackburn and moved to 2-0. What's coming up on Channel 1450? Pleasant Plains hosts Edwardsville on Thursday evening. We might catch that girls' basketball action on Saturday. Three semifinals for us. Moral Forsyth heads to Wilmington. Athens travels to Shelbyville, and Rochester travels to Murfreesboro. If Moreau Forsyth and Athens both win on Saturday, they will play for the 2A state title against each other next Friday at 1 p.m. at Hancock Stadium. An all-Sagamo state championship would be one of the cooler things ever happened to Channel 1450. Rochester takes on Murfreesboro this Saturday. The Rockets will play for their ninth state title next Friday at 7 p.m. at Hancock Stadium in normal if they win against Murfreesboro. Their opponent next week would be the winner of Burbank St. Lawrence and West Chicago Wheaton Academy. Next week, starting Monday, we will keep an eye on the Bill Rucks tourney, the Gene Bergschneider tourney, the Lincoln tourney. On Tuesday, Calvary Boys take on Riverton and Monticello travels to Pleasant Plains. The Turkey Tournament kicks off in Decatur on Tuesday. SHG plays Edwardsville on 6 p.m. on Wednesday, while MacArthur plays Southeast after. That's both on Wednesday. We'll be there for that one because those are two good games. A lot will depend on how many teams we have playing for football state title on how many basketball games we get next week. All right, enough from me. It's time to get to this week's guest, Illinois College football head coach, Ray DeFrisco. I'd like to welcome in this week uh, the conference coach of the year just announced today. Um, Ray DeFrisco, how's it feel to say not only conference coach of the year, but also you guys are conference champs? Yeah, well, the conference championship, you know, that's the first in school history. And, you know, it is it, it, the, the trophy arrived today and... <laughs> You know, there's a lot, a lot of talk with Jostens already and getting fittings and things like that lined up. But, um, you know, it, it feels really good. We're, I'm extremely blessed and, you know, it's so excited for the program, so excited for the players that put in all the work to, to put us into the position to, 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 you know, achieve this ultimate trophy of being, you know, crowned conference champions. But um, as far as the, you know, coach of the year, it should be coaching staff of the year. You know, honestly, the the all the – accomplishments and all of the time spent the, the, the assistants on staff are just the best they they are committed to the culture the values that we uh, instill in our players and they take a whatever it takes approach to everything and anything in our program so you know from top down that's a that's that that's a, a testament to how great the staff is and what they do and what they've been able to do and you know they put our guys in great positions to to be you know, playmakers and 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 win a lot of football games. So that's 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 for them. You know what I mean? 
to be conference champs, like you said, first time in school history, when you took this job, was that kind of the, the first goal that you were trying to reach? Is that the kind of the first thing that you're trying to accomplish? Yeah, I would say like the, the macro from the macro goal sense, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was that was the first thing. You know, in order to, you know, make the thirty two team tournament, the uh, and, at, in the division three NCAA there's there's twenty eight automatic qualifying bids to the thirty two team tournament. So winning conference is for all intents and purposes the first step in getting to the dance and then once you're in the position to where you can you know compete and win championships in your conference then it's to you know get into the you know quarterfinals and then into the you know semis and all the way up to the to the national but that is definitely the goal that you know for myself for this program that that I saw that that was something that we were working towards and and looking to achieve when you take this job as the head coach of this program, um, what, what did you set as your goal? Your goal was there a timeline that you had for that, or what did you kind of see as okay? This is how I'm going to build this. This is how I'm going to. Yeah, that, that's a great question because it. I do think that you know, I think in, in in the interview process, although I was not necessarily in this traditional sense of being interviewed for the position, I was fortunate to have the opportunity to be elevated from. You know, associate head coach and defensive coordinator to the head coach. Um, so I didn't have that. You know, I'm not. But it, a typical interview question is like, "Hey, what's your four-year plan? What's your five-year, ten-year plan? You know, things like that." And um, you know, myself and some of the coaches that were on staff at the time. Uh, you know, that's that. That's exactly what we did. So what's what's it going to take for us to close the gap from where we currently are to where we want to be? You know, and so in, in putting yourself into comparison. Of the other teams in the conference, you know, roster size, uh, wins, losses, yards gained, yards defended, touchdowns scored, touchdowns. You're talking about a deep dive analysis of what is the actual gap. You know, what what is it going to take? Okay, well, if we can't stop the run, we need better defensive linemen in the recruiting process. We need more offensive explosive plays, things like that. When you're doing those types of, you know, analysis, it's it's a little tough to acknowledge the fact that there is a gap because you don't necessarily really want to know that, hey, there's four teams ahead of us right now that we need to close the gap in the recruiting process. So once we know, once we've identified those, you know, components of the gap, it was all, all, all target on the, the, the recruiting process, how we're going to be able to bring in five-star elite guys, how are we going to be able to get them here and, and show them the vision that we have and, you know, all that said and done, we really did feel like this type of success was on the was was on our front door for the 2020 season. You know, we were coming off of a seven and three year in uh, 19, and you know, we were we were really it, we felt really really close that the gap wasn't all that big, even in some of those losses that we had. And then um, obviously with COVID, you know, that kind of that kind of hit reset for all intents and purposes you know so many guys had so many tough decisions stay extra year gap year you know go to go and continue my life things like that there was so many you know tough decisions I think seniors in high school and seniors in college in that COVID season you know were impacted so drastically and, and forced to make some pretty tough decisions about their future and so uh we were supportive of all of it but you know through it all the um the, the reset kind of put us in a position where we started to realize, okay, well, you know, if we don't have those guys coming back, there's going to be that gap again. And what does that look like? And so, 
you know, from 16 into 20, we thought that that would have been where we'd be, you know, ready to compete. And then after that reset and COVID, you know, last year, this year where it was kind of where the vision I had anticipated us getting back to, you know, closing the gap with some of the really good teams in our conference and being able to compete with them and then ultimately win the, win the championship. So that is a process that, you know, everyone wants to speed up and get to a lot <laughs> faster. And I, I feel uh, extremely grateful that we were able to, you know, stick to the plan, stick to our culture and, and build it the right way and, and go about it the right way to, to get to where we are. Before we touch more on this team and kind of get into more of the details, I want to talk a little bit about you and your coaching background because I talked to um, Coach Grounds about a month ago, um, and he just he was over the moon excited about the the opportunity that you've had and what you've done here because of what it does for the for the town of Jacksonville, the community. Um, but what, what is your coaching background? When what's your football background? Just give me a little bit of the rundown of kind of how you got to this point. Well. You know, um, the the tragic incident of nine um, eleven was probably the first time in my life where I felt driven to serve, and I just so happened to have you know suffered my second uh, blood clot, which ended my playing career. You know, my senior year in college, and I didn't anticipate becoming a football coach when I was in school. But um, in that moment, I felt, you know, compelled to, you know, serve my country. And serving football was the next best option when I realized that. And um, I was grateful that the coach I played for at North Park, Dan Galante, took over as head coach at my high school, alma mater, St. Patrick High School in Chicago. And that's where I started learning how the differences between playing and coaching at a, at a pretty young age, you know. And... Um, was with Coach Galante for quite some years and was around some great coaches uh, at St. Pat's and, you know, just going to clinics and just really learning what it takes to, to learn the game, be a student of the game, if you will. And, you know, th that's where it really all originated for me. Uh, coach Grounds, who was also on the, the college staff, the head coach at, you know, the current head coach at Jacksonville High School, Coach Grounds was the offensive coordinator at North Park when I was there as well. So the connection for when I started to think, okay, you know, I loved everything about St. Pat's. I, you know, it's my alma mater. You know, I love it there. I, I love the tradition and, and, and all the experiences I had, not only as a student, but, you know, when I was working there. But, you know, I had more than – I wanted more football all day. You know, I, I didn't mind the, uh, the, the, the fun activities we had in, in PE classes and things like that, but – you know, I wanted to break down more film instead of, you know, teaching dodgeball, if you will, you know, or, or, or whatever the lesson plan called for that uh, part of the semester. And so knowing that I needed to get into the, the college, you know, network was going to need to have some sacrifices made and, you know, had this opportunity, Coach Brown's connection with Illinois College. Aaron Keene was the head coach at the time, who's now the you know, head coach at Washington University in St. Louis. And if it wasn't for that Coach Grounds connection, I don't think I would have wound up here in 2006 as literally, a, a, you know, an intern football coach, you know, a couple thousand dollars for the year to, you know, to just make some ends meet, but it really didn't even cover the cost of living. But that was at the time a very common way to get the foot in the door is like, you know, you're willing to make that financial sacrifice and 
you know, so been so fortunate and blessed at Illinois College since then to, you know, continue to progress throughout my career for, you know, being in the right time, I guess the right place at the right time for those opportunities to go from, you know, when I first got here, I convinced Aaron Keene, I convinced him to give me the special teams coordinating title. And, you know, he was letting me, he was, I was grateful that he let me run with that. But, you know, then when Garrett Campbell uh, got hired in 2008, I don't know if I convinced him, but I definitely told him that I was interested in being his defensive coordinator. And, you know, was fortunate that Garrett gave me that opportunity and, you know, spent eight years with him. And then when he decided to, to move closer to home and, you know, uh, be in the position that he's in now, it was when I was able to be elevated to, uh, to head coach. So not necessarily the most traditional route, in my opinion, because most of the coaches at this level or other levels, they've been multiple stops. They went to all across the country and gained a lot of the experiences from multiple different institutions, different ways to run programs, things like that. Uh, I've been very fortunate that, you know, I've been on this track and, I, and I'm in this, you know, and I serve this football team as the head football coach and, and have been here as, as my background. So pretty fortunate, but that's, that's kind of the, the, I don't know, maybe a little bit longer version of, of how I got to where I am. Uh, but uh, I love every second of it and I'm, I'm extremely blessed to be in this position and be surrounded by such great coaches and people. When I got to talk with Coach Grounds kind of about your success and about who you are as a person, um, the biggest thing he said was he enjoys the grind more than anyone I know. And to me, that speaks to, like you said, the traditional route of, you know, staying here for two years, going here for two years, three years, trying to move up that opportunity. Um, when you say you've been here since 2006 and you've put in the work, you put in the grind, you've, you've really immersed yourself, um, that's got to be j- j- such a cool story to me to say, you know, six, 16, 17 years in the making and now you've gotten to the point where you're the head coach of a team that won the conference for the first time at this school, that's that's got. If if you're the the type of guy who loves that grind so much, that's got to be something that you're just like, man. Now that we've tasted that success, all right, let's let's keep this going. Yeah, what's next, right? That's a, that. My wife Krista, who's my rock, she is constantly driving me to be the the best version of myself, and I want to be that version because of her, you know. And that was kind of what she was asking me. We were driving home uh, Saturday night after. The, the win and, and clinching the conference and she says what's going through your mind you know what, what are you thinking about and I was like well what's next yeah. you know, like <laughs> we, we've got to elevate our goals and elevate our our vision to you know to, to take those next steps in the country and you know being a top 25 in division three you know you're you're pretty much capable to compete with the best of the best in the country and that's where I see us being able to take those steps and you know I'm really excited about those the opportunities because the same process that we took to identify the gap in the conference is the same process we have to take. Uh, I would say a little bit more extensive, but the, but the similar process to finding the gap between all right, well, you know, North Central is the number one team in the country. You know, what are they doing differently? How are they doing it differently? You know, what are those um, components of what that gap looks like, and then you know, then get to the grind and go get it, you know, and go after it. Because, you know, I, I, I love the word grind, um, but I want to be as efficient as I possibly can because, you know, I, I love being home and being home with the kids and, 
and and my wife and and you know just the family side of being a football coach sometimes gets sacrificed you know there's there's things that that come up that you don't always get to attend or to be at and you know the the efficient grind I think is the way I like to call that because you have to enjoy it you have to love that process and if you don't how are your players going to enjoy waking up at you know 6 a.m in the cold February months to go training for you know the campaign of that season which starts you know basically in January when they come back from school or from break you know so but it also has already begun for the coaching staff. You know, as soon as the season wraps up, we're hitting the road and getting boots on the ground and and, and, and targeting the, the kids within the you know our backyard, if you will, for the recruiting process. So it's already, you know, it's season's over. Boom, right into that grind. And and I, if that's what coach meant, then then yeah, I, I do enjoy that. I, I do appreciate the coaches that are, you know, constantly out there on the road for this program and, and working for us to get to where we're at and closing the gaps that we're trying to to close so yeah that the you know the 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 grind is there but in a very efficient way in my mind for a kid coming from a program like you did in high school to stay here in jacksonville that's a that's a different different town different atmosphere um so i'll just ask simply why why i see why is this place special to you oh for many reasons um you know the it, it is it was and at times still is a culture shock for me to you know um you know to to basically live and grow up in inner city chicago to you know central illinois jacksonville it's still at times a, a, a shock to the system <laughs> that you know that i can't get a proper hot dog in town you know what i mean you know you know i gotta run over to springfield to get a beef sandwich for crying out loud you know what i say so there's still a lot of things that are are are, are shocking for me but you know, in my time, each since being here, you know, along the way, each of the coaches, there was a vision. There was, you know, when when I first got here, Coach Keene was taking the program to to winning the first time against certain programs, and then when when Garrett's vision came and we were competing and made it to the playoffs as an at-large bid, and we're at the top of the conference for consecutive years with, you know, uh, guys like Michael Bates, who was. You know, slinging the rock all, all around a Gagliardi finalist and things like that. The visions, you know, those are the things in my mind that really was 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 guiding the drive for me to you know to continue to build because I never saw a challenge here too big to get to where we currently are. You know, it hasn't been done in 127 years, 128 you know years of of playing football here, and this is the first one to to be able to hold hold up that trophy and. You know, I'm extremely proud of that, but at the same time, like the vision was always there. There was no challenge too big in my mind that said, you know what, you'll never win a championship here. You'll never be able to take the program to, you know, top 25 or to top 10. You know, those aren't those those aren't challenges that we have here. You know, the administration, the athletic director Megan is just, you know, just awesome to work for, and she's extremely helpful in guiding us in our visions to have that type of success. You know, the president, Dr. Farley, she just does a fantastic job with leading the entire programming and lining all of us to, you know, continue to build this institution to being a regional and national high-ranking institution. Well, the same thought process is on the football field. We're going to continue to elevate ourselves regionally and nationally in our rankings, um, but also holding up those standards because, you know, the people that make up the hilltop here at Illinois College are – really what makes it so special there's just 
<coughs> excuse me, incredible people that they care, you know, and, and I think that's what really kind of separates us in many ways. You know, I, I, there's the amount of people that when you walk through campus, you know, they genuinely care. You know, it's just not always head nods and, hey, how you doing? It's, you know, it's, it's people that genuinely want to hear what's going on and, and want to communicate about the success of your players and, you know, the coaches on staff and things like that. So that's very, very, um, that's very special. And, you know, and then ultimately meeting my wife, the love of my life and, and raising our kids here. And, you know, it's become a, a, a special place for me. And, you know, it's definitely helping that culture shock that I talked about, but <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's some roots here and, you know, I don't, I don't see any reason why we can't continue to elevate this school and program. A huge reason why um, what I do is so successful is because of the football programs in Central Illinois. Um, I, I tell my wife I'm always going to be busy the day after Thanksgiving because we're always going to have a team playing for a state championship, and um, that's been the case for the nine years that I've been doing this. Um, so for you, like you talked about a little bit earlier, with you know being able to, to go in your backyard and find the talent that you can, um, obviously you know you're going to have to recruit Chicago. You're going to have to get some guys from – from St. Louis, that area, because of how good football is in the state. But um, I do want you to just kind of touch on how good the high school football is around here and how that can help you as a program. Oh, it's incredible. You know, growing up in Chicago, uh, you know, like the the, the, the the rankings, you know, there's there's from smaller to higher, you know, one to 8A up in the city and surrounding areas, majority of the teams that, you know, that we played against or that we were very familiar with were, were the higher end six, seven, eight, eight teams. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, coming down to central Illinois and, and really learning about the, the Leonard Bowl and the, the tradition at, you know, Rochester and SHG and, and not just those two schools because they do get a ton of recognition, but, you know, the, the entire central state eight is loaded with, with talent. I mean, from Chatham down to, to Springfield, obviously to JHS, you know the Sangamol, the um, the WIBC, all all of the, the the conferences that that make up our backyard down to Southern Illinois in the six one eight area, you know that is that's just incredible. I think the strength of the the high school football in this area, you know, might not be all six seven eight, although there are teams. You know, within our backyard, that are playing six, seven, eight, eight, eight ball, but majority of them are more towards you know one through five. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and there is talent on those teams that can help take this program into that national conversation, into that top twenty-five. You know that I think that there's definitely a stereotype where some may say or some may think that you know he's from a, a smaller school, so you know he can't. Oh, he's not—he's not going to—he's not going to translate to college very well. He's not going to be able to compete at the college level because he's only played against, you know, smaller-sized schools. Well, you know, Charlie Patterson and Destin Chance arguably are the best two players in the conference on offense and defense. They were just awarded that actually today, offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year in our conference, both from, you know, smaller schools. Two A Albert, yeah, two A Albert. So, you know, that's that's those are the things that we are hopeful that. You know, winning a championship is, you know, going to make it a little bit more interesting for, we've always had luck. We've always dug into the backyard. I always felt that in order for us to close gap, in order for us to get to where we are, 
We have to win in our backyard. And it's not easy because there is such good football and there's such good football players in the two-hour radius around school. But now with the success that we've had, I do believe that it's going to make it just a little bit more interesting for the guys to to take a look and take a peek. You know, they're not looking at a, you know, a five and five or six and four record saying, well, you know, maybe I want to go home. I don't know if I want to stay around home to kind of play for an average football team. Well, now if you stay home, you're going to be playing for a conference championship and then going deep into the playoffs, you know, and that's, that's a completely different mindset for the 18 year old trying to make that decision of, you know, my family can come to almost every game, at least five out of the 10 games, they're going to be able to attend and you're going to be able to stay close and connected and, and still get away and still be away. And so it's huge for us, the success this year to continue to build and close the gap with the guys in our backyard. I hope that the success makes it a little bit more of an eye, you know, eye catching appeal for some of the guys that we're targeting within the, you know, the backyard for us. So we're hopeful that it, that it, that translates and I believe it will. Uh, I've taken up enough of your time, but I want to touch on this before, before I go, because I think it's such a cool story. Um, the, the opportunity you talked about Destin and winning player of the or offensive player of the year um, for you as the head coach what is the dynamic like between him and his brother and how cool of a story is that to have you know two brothers who had a lot of success in high school uh, Drew obviously had a ton of success at the college level and now he gets to have that cool relationship with his brother to coach his brother I mean that to me that's just an awesome story it, it is it really is you know I, I feel almost like I'm a like I'm, I feel like I'm connected to the Chance family for, for you know, it's been since I became the head football coach. Like Drew was coming in as yeah. a, as a freshman, a first year player, right out of you know Auburn and playing for a state title, and playing yeah. for a state yeah, title yeah. game. Yeah, I I, um, I remember going to the um, the do or die bowl at Quincy yeah. and watching him play and watching some of the other guys play and you know just. I remember just talking to him after the game and just I still felt like I had to convince him to continue to go to IC because, you know, Garrett had had left in the spring, you know, and so we had some recruits that were committed and then we were trying to make sure that none of them left because of the departure of of coach, which, you know, that's a normal thing. And so we definitely didn't want that to happen. So that was part of our, you know, strategy. Uh, Travis and I at the time, we were like, well, we've got to go and make sure that this – that Drew still feels the love and, and things like that. And so, you know, from that moment all the way to where we are now, he's he's there's always been a chance that's been connected, whether it's Drew or, or, or Destin. And and in the 2020 season, yeah, it, I believe in the 2020 season, it could have came to fruition that they would have been playing together. Yeah. And even after that, there was still a, uh, a possibility for, for them to come. And I think there was even talk of, you know, Destin playing wide receiver, yeah. you know, for a season and, and, and catching passes from from Drew. And, you know, and then uh, Drew had those opportunities to, to go and play out east at Division II school and um, work on getting his master's and, and Destin's here. And so, and then coming all first full circle with the two of them here, you know, it is really, really special because I saw things in Drew as a player that, I knew was going to translate into coaching the way that his, yeah. his vision for the game of football is, I mean, it is, it is very sharp. It is very, he's genius in, in many ways for his ability to understand how to attack a defense. You know, a lot of people can be an offensive and defensive coordinator and, you know, call some plays and, 
you know, have some have some things. But you know, um, I'm fortunate that not just Drew, but him and Craig, both of our coordinators, they have built systems in place. And so, you know, to see Destin come into Drew's system that has been started even as a player in our first can't remember the exact year, but in our first year of uh, offensive coordinator transition, and we've had a new offensive, a, a new OC, I think for like four or five straight years, yeah. you know. Um, in one of those spring seasons, I vividly remember sitting in my office with Drew on the board while he was a player. Yeah. You know, hey, what do we need to do? You know, how, what do we need to run? And then, and started to just make sure that we were able to carry things over while we were hiring a new coach we didn't want to just sit still and stagnant so what can we work on what can we build on and i mean he had a spiral notebook full of diagrams and plays and ideas and ways to attack and ways to you know to go after um uh, defenses and, and and attack schemes and i i told him that from that day i was like that's exactly what where your mind needs to be you know to be a great coordinator in my opinion you need to be able to make in-game adjustments play to play not after a series or at halftime that by then it's too late you need to be able to call the plays to put the players into position based off what you see what the defense is giving you and he's so good at that and he's so early in his career but you know from an offensive coordinator standpoint he's he's early in his career but in my mind he's been working on it for five years already trying to be that and the dynamic between the two is it's it's really it's it's really neat. It's re- it's very unique. You know, I I think that you know when 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 Destin was considering coming back, when 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 Drew was being hired, and you know the the one of the concerns I had obviously was just you know we don't want to put ourselves or or either of them in a position to where it's like oh well you know you may you may speculate the wrong have the wrong uh, you know perception of the situation. You know, oh you're just playing your brother or you know things like that and. I, 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 there's none. Obviously, Destin has clearly, you know, won the position and and has worked and, and put himself into the position and and led this team and offense, arguably, to to where we're at. And so, but the dynamic between the two, you could tell that there's still the Thanksgiving brotherly love <laughs> that like both of them want to, you know, chip off at each other at times. You know, they're they're both fierce competitors, and you know, it's fun to watch them because Destin's maturity is is showing in the way that he. You know, handles his brother, who is Coach Chance. You know, and so you know, out on the field, he he demonstrates that by you know um, being a student of the game and, and listening and learning and taking the information that that Drew's telling him and, and going out there and executing. You know, and I think that having the connection that the two of them have growing up, you know, they're you know with their dad being a coach and there there's so many coaches that uh, in their family and and the game of football in their family they've been you know raised with that and so I, I i would imagine that the connections that they've had growing up as teammates in high school and you know just brother sister those thanksgiving bowls i'm sure that they had you know uh just getting to know each other they've really you could you could really feel that connection in, in destin's play that just almost feels like it's you know the i don't know like they're 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 in sync without really even having to say anything so it's it's really really cool we're, we're so blessed that they're they're both here and you know, excited that um, there's another season that that both of them will be here. So, you know, we're excited for that, and you know, it's 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 been fun watching the two of them, um, watching them grow, and you know, being a part of their lives. You know what I mean? So, it's been a blessing. 
Uh, I've taken up plenty of your time. I know you're super busy this week, so I just want to say that I have so many other questions that I hope that you know maybe in a few months we can sit down again and do this because I know you'll have more time and maybe just be able to reflect a little bit more on what an incredible season because there's so many different storylines. You talked about Charlie a little bit, but, I mean, Colin Brunstein coming from Jacksonville, I, I, there's so many things I want to ask you. So um, I'll just say thank you for your time now and, and good luck in these next few weeks. And uh, I really appreciate you sitting down with me. Yeah, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. And anytime you want to jump on the mic, let me know. And I'd be happy to, to do that with you. So thank you very much. And thank you for all the work that you do in all of you know Central Illinois and, and the publicity that you give to all of the programs that are well-deserving. It's, it's much appreciated. I remember years ago when we first met, you were helpful with some video highlight type stuff for us to kind of put our name out there when, when some of our local guys were getting recognition. And yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to continue working with you because in my mind, there's just going to be the next crop of guys mm -hmm. that kind of come through that are from the area that are going to be guys that you've probably been interviewing through their high school career as well. So look forward to those conversations in the future. Thanks to Coach for his time and great conversation. Great to talk with him about his incredible season and team and what he's been building there. Best of luck to the Blue Boys this weekend and moving forward. All right, that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.